1: College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. Hard to believe it's week 11, but here we go. After a huge win against Alabama, LSU can clinch the SEC West with a win over Arkansas and an Ole Miss loss to the Crimson Tide. Brian Kelly would be the third SEC coach to win that division in his first season. We mentioned Ole Miss and Arkansas, a lot at stake for a few Alabama streaks. The Tide haven't lost consecutive games in a season since 2013, and haven't lost three games within a season since 2010. For the first time in nearly 50 years, a ranked matchup in New Orleans when Tulane faces off against UCF. The Green Wave had lost 60 straight to AP ranked teams. That's the longest losing streak in the poll era. Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks try to make it nine in a row when they host Washington this weekend. Nix in the running for the Heisman and would join Marcus Mariota as the only Oregon players to win the award. And we wrap with TCU in Texas, squaring off Saturday night in Austin. TCU can clinch a berth in the Big 12 title game with a win. It would be just the second time the Horned Frogs would play in the Big 12 championship. We're happy to have you with us on College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix with Sam Ocho and Stanford Steve. And we'll start right there with that TCU-Texas matchup. Uh, and let's start, Steve, with the potential problems Texas can uh, pose for this undefeated Horned Frogs team.
2: Yeah, we're going to see what TCU's defense is made of, Wendy. When I think about Texas, you think about those two guys getting handoffs. It's Bijan and Roshan. Uh, Both guys average six yards a carry. And what Texas is going to do to TCU, to me, is make make them have to tackle them in space. TCU has shown improvements on the defensive side, but these two guys are special. And I expect Steve Sarkisian to put the ball in their hands in space and and test that TCU defense to tackle in space.
1: All right, let's keep the talk about defense going, Sam. Why should TCU's offense be concerned with that Longhorn defense?
3: Well, it's not only because of Gary Patterson, who's the former TCU coach, who's now the special assistant uh, to the head coach at Texas, but it's also because of how Texas plays defense. TCU loves having explosive plays. Here's the thing. Texas does not give up explosive plays. Specifically in the run game, they've only given up six plays, running plays of 20 yards or more that's how good they are they're second in the big 12 in yards per play allowed they're second in touchdown rate allowed they're third in scoring defense and so when it comes to preventing big plays tcu averages seven yards per play on offense they're a big play offense their kryptonite is gary patterson and the style of defense that he that he coaches uh at texas
1: meanwhile tcu steve enters this game a seven point underdog why is that significant
2: well, Wendy, since 1980, this is the 12th time that a top-four team in the AP poll is a seven-point underdog in a November game. Those previous 11 teams are 2-9. and nine. The only two wins, and our very memorable wins, are in 1993 when Florida State went to South Bend and then the kick-six game that you see here when Alabama went to Auburn. So it's only it's only happened twice, but if you think about those two games, And what was at stake in those two games? Iconic games in the great sport that we love, a college football. It just brought back a little remembrance of maybe how important this game could be. I mean, look at that. 1993, Florida State, Charlie Ward and the boys go to South Bend, and South Bend pulls it off. So this has all the makings, and it's just a little different because Texas is the name brand, but TCU is the team that comes in with the number four next to their name and the undefeated record.
1: They do, and it could go down to the wire. TCU has four wins this season with trailing in the second half. and Texas, meanwhile – has blown four games when they're winning by 14 points. You see Sam nodding his head. He knows that all too well. So again, <laughs> uh, that is certainly not over until it's over. Again, a reminder, it is our ABC Saturday night game presented by Capital One. It happens in Austin. And of course, Bijan Robinson and the number 24 Longhorns would love to take care of TCU and spoil their undefeated season. Our coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern, also available on the ESPN app. Alabama, meanwhile, looking to rebound after their overtime loss at LSU. But the schedule does not get any easier. They head to Oxford to take on Old Miss Saturday. ESPN Analytics gives it a 96 pregame matchup rating. That is one of the highest-rated games of the year. In other words, don't miss it. The Grips and Tide hoping to keep this ridiculous streak alive. The most games between regular season losing streaks in the AP poll era. That goes back to the 1930s. Alabama streak, the third longest in poll history and the longest by an sec team. Sam, when you start to look at the tape of these two teams, what's the one matchup, if there could be just one that Alabama must win.
3: They got to stop the run. I mean, they got to stop Quinchon yeah. Jenkins <laughs> and Zach Evans, who transferred from TCU and even Jackson Dart in the run game. So this, this Ole Miss offense, they've ran for over 400 yards, four different times. I mean, like they are outstanding. Now, In this season, Alabama has been relatively strong against the run. But I will say this. In their three SEC road games, they've given up over 180 yards rushing. And so, this is going to be the matchup. Can Alabama on the road in the SEC stop the number one rushing offense in the SEC? That's what we will find out. And if they can, they'll have a much better chance of winning.
2: Yeah, when I think about it, too, you pointed out the numbers. You know, at Arkansas, at Tennessee, and at LSU last week, Sam, LSU ran for over five yards a carry. So that's got to be the emphasis Alabama has coming in because I think their offense is going to score at will on Ole Miss. I think they have plenty of talent to do that. But when you – when you look at Alabama and that defense, you expect them to be better. You know, good road defenses, good defenses travel on the road. And we haven't seen that with Alabama against the run. I look at this as Nick Saban, his team against, you know, the back, their backs against the uh, wall. So what kind of effort do they come out? And the other side is, can Lane pull it off? Go back to old 2009, Tennessee. Two years ago, Ole Miss ran for 268 yards against Alabama, who was a team that won the national championship that year. So you got to think if there's ever a time to Lane pull it, to pull off the upset, it's this one.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Nick Saban has won both of his games against former assistants this season, but just by a tad, by a combined <laughs> uh, point total of five points. So it, it may be there for the taking, Steve. Uh, it's it's getting to that point in the season when we talk about clinching scenarios. That is the case uh, this weekend for the SEC West. Take a look at the way it all shakes out a lot on the line for LSU. The Tigers <laughs> clinch the SEC West with a win, but they will also need an Ole Miss loss, meaning Alabama has to win. Brian Kelly would be the third coach in the last 30 years to win the SEC West in his first season. The other two, Gus Malzahn and Les Miles. And Sam, it goes without saying that LSU has played better as of late, but sometimes we forget to explain why. What have they done to be effective?
3: They got Jaden Daniels out of the transfer portal and put him at quarterback. That's what they did. Jaden Daniels is the only FBS quarterback with over 600 rushing yards and 1,700 passing yards his rushing total is eighth for all players in the SEC he's the eighth leading rusher in the entire SEC and don't even take my word for it go and watch the last play in overtime that essentially won the game the 25 yard run and then the pass Jaden Daniels has been putting the team on his back and he's gotten more and more confident that Ole Miss game we were talking about LSU was down 17 to three in the second quarter against Ole Miss they went on a 42-3 to run, mainly because of Jane Daniels. He had either five or six total touchdowns in that game. And so, you talk about what did Brian, Daly, Brian Kelly do or what happened. No, they went and got Jane Daniels from ASU, and he's been all the difference.
1: Hmm. All right, look, I, sometimes I think we make too much of this let letdown game, Steve, and bounce back. But I, having said that, the, the, this team is coming off a pretty big win. Uh, how, how does LSU avoid any kind of letdown?
2: It's a monster win, Wendy. And, and Sam touched on it, what they've done in the transfer portal. It's a whole group, new group of guys that are doing things for the first time together. And when you look at that, I still am not sold that they're going to get to Atlanta. These are two tough games that they are got going. And you got to expect Jaden Daniels to continue to carry the load offensively. When you look at the schedule, these are rivalry games. You know, the conference games at Arkansas to boot. You know, they play for an A&M. I get it, but they're still going to get up for LSU in that game. So LSU has their works cut out for them going on the road in these two games. And when you think about Arkansas, KJ and Jefferson in that offense will play better than they did last week. I guarantee that. So how does the LSU travel? Does that offense carry for our defense that I think has got to be a little beat up and spent after that overtime win over Alabama?
1: No question. I mean, this is anything but a gimme. I completely agree. Brian Kelly, by the way, looking for Mm. win number eight. He won eight or more games in his first season at both Cincinnati and Notre Dame. So all that talk about the culture fit and would it work? (laughs) Well, so far, so good in Baton Rouge. Still, so to come on College Football Live with the end of the regular season in sight. Tulane tries to ride the green wave straight to an AAC championship, but UCF stands in the way. We will take a close look at strength versus strength. And it's rare to say Clemson, Alabama, and bounce back in the same sentence, but the Tigers and Tide could use a better week. We'll tell you how to make that happen coming up. College Football Live is presented by delicious Let's take a look at the one final team vote brought to you by Dr. Pepper. We asked who you believe the final team in the college football playoff top four should be this week. Your answer, TCU, with nearly half the vote at 47%. Meanwhile, we've got a top 25 showdown, Oregon and Washington. And that means here comes Bo Nix. Steve, how you slow that group down. (laughs)
2: It's a tough order, man. I'll tell you that, Wendy. And when I look at Washington, I don't know if they have the defensive parts to do so. So, what do you do? You get Michael Penix going in that offense and try and outscore him. Michael Penix has been fantastic. We talk about transfer quarterbacks. He was the guy at the beginning of the season. Bo Nix is taking that spotlight now. But Penix in that offense, Kalen DeBoer, always good with a game plan. They have to think they have to outscore
3: Oregon knowing that they're up against it on defense. And talking about the Oregon offense, the reason they're so unstoppable is mainly because the quarterback does not get sacked. Bo Nix has only been sacked one time in nine games. This is the number one team when it comes to sacks allowed. The only only other team that's been close was Army in the last 13 years was Army back in 2009. That's because they only threw 65 passes. And so, like, they ain't running the triple option, but they're scoring at an elaborate pace. What makes him so special? Yes, he can pass it. But also, he's ran for over 10 touchdowns. He also is catching touchdowns as well. And so, Bo Nix has been extremely effective, had two picks in week one, no touchdowns since then, over 31 total touchdowns, three interceptions, and only one sack.
1: You know what, guys? I think Oregon has been such an interesting case study this season that you cannot get down and out after opening weekend, right? I mean, it really could not have gone much worse Mm. for the Ducks And then they've had quite the season, and anything can happen. So you just never know. Uh, That is also the case with Tulane. A bit of a surprise, but I tell you what, they call themselves the Green Wave. It's been more like a green drought in ranked games. Tulane has lost 60 straight against AP ranked teams. That's the longest streak in the history of the AP poll going back to 1936. That can all end on Saturday against UCF. And Steve, look, I always hesitate to say pressure. I think anytime you're talking about games at this level of college football, there's pressure. But uh, do you think they're aware of this drought? What, how do you think they feel about what they can do and what they can end over the weekend?
2: To add to that history, Wendy, this is the first time they're favored in a game against a ranked team in 60, uh, you know, 69 times in games has happened. This is the first time. So I don't. I, I see what you're saying there with the pressure. You don't want to call pressure. I look at it as opportunity. You got to think Willie Fritz and that staff has had to build this program through COVID the last couple of years, and now they're here. And all season, I looked at their schedule knowing they had these monstrous American Conference games at the back end of their schedule. What would their record look like? They did all the dirty work. They're undefeated in conference play, and now you get a chance to shine, and so what you got. And Michael Pratt, the quarterback, has been fantastic. One interception since that Southern Miss loss, so I think you have everything you want. They're 11th in points per game given up on defense. You got a quarterback that doesn't turn it over. I really like Tulane's chances against UCF.
3: And Willie Fritz has been a program builder. Everywhere he's been, he's taken programs that have struggled and have them be successful programs. Going back to 93 when he coached at Blinn Junior College. Coming into that year, they were 5-24-1. and Well, then in the two, three years since then, he turned them into a 36-5-1 and team. Georgia Southern, he turned into a winning program. Everywhere he's been, he's won. And so that's why I'm not overly concerned with the pressure that he may feel. He knows how to prepare his team for success. He's done it consistently mm-hmm. for the last... 20, 30 years. I think he's only had five losing seasons out of all the time he's been a head coach since 93. And so he, he's ready for it.
1: I, I like that, too. I like the way Steve put it, not pressure, but opportunity, because really that's exactly what it is. And to your point, Sam, if I was a head coach and somebody called me a program builder, that's a pretty uh, pretty good compliment. I would take it all day, every day. Uh, meanwhile, Clemson, if you don't remember, was 0 for South Bend. Tennessee dropped the ball quite figuratively against Georgia, but all is not lost for both teams. They have to execute, and we'll show you how they can do it this weekend. College Football Live is presented by delicious ice cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve
4: welcome back to college football live Jay Walker Tiffany Green here to break down everything in HBCU football we've got a couple of unbeatens remaining in HBCU football but we first start with Jackson State the top five team in all of FCS football they've been playing great and they have a chance to clinch this weekend if they can take down Alabama A&M.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what, what's the story been all season long? When will they slip up? Well, they haven't. Coach Prime has his team playing their best football. They ran through the swack with an opportunity to clinch in a game down to Mobile, Alabama versus Alabama A&M this weekend. If they do that, look for them to go up in the rankings, and Coach Prime continues to have Jackson State the talk of HBCU football.
4: And we could very well see them face off against North Carolina Central, the Eagles out of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. All find themselves in a position to clinch that
0: MEAC championship. And it would be a phenomenal job. I mean, I thought for most of the season that the Eagles were the number one team in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. They stumbled against South Carolina State on the road, but now they've taken care of their business and Trey Oliver has an opportunity to get the Eagles in the Cricket Celebration Bowl to compete for a national championship. Wow.
4: Speaking of championships, the SIAC championship is coming up and an unbeaten team out of the SIAC, the Benedict College Tigers. 10-0, first time in school history that they've gone undefeated in the regular season. And our tennis Barry from Benedict College joining us now to talk more about the Tigers' trail.
0: Coach Barry, you've got an undefeated season going on, but your philosophy week to week has always been 1-0. Explain that 1-0 philosophy.
5: First of all, man, glad to be here on the show, man. I tell you what, though, the one and all philosophy really started with just guys just understanding the mission, the mission at hand. And it started with us reading a book called Chop, Wood, Carry, Water this summer as a football program. And we read it during training camp. So every night we would have different chapters of the book that the team had to read and present to each other. But the book talks about surrendering the outcome and falling in love with the process of becoming great. And so, you know, last spring, nobody really knows this, but last spring we set a hashtag in the football program and we uh, named it one, 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 two, two, two. It was hashtag one, 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 two, two, two. And that's how we went through our off season training. Well, nobody really knew what it meant. It meant, uh, 11, 12 of 2022, which is on this upcoming Saturday, that was the date of the SIAC championship game. And, uh, what we did in the first day of training camp, we surrendered that. We didn't talk about that anymore. I wouldn't let them use that hashtag anymore. So when we read that book, Chop, Wood, Carry, Water, all we talked about was just fall in love with the process. Surrender the outcome. Don't worry about the end goal. Just be 1-0 every day. Let's win the day. Let's be the best we can be every day. Don't worry about what's going to happen at the end. And I think our young men have really bought into that. So every day we just talk about let's go 1-0 today, and let's go 1-0 each and every week.
0: Well, it's been a great fit down there in Columbia, South Carolina, as you got the Tigers ready to compete for a championship. Best of luck. Thanks for joining us here. Wendy, back to you.
1: Thank you so much. Speaking of Wendy, time for our weekend wake-up brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. Teams needing to bounce back this weekend. Tennessee, Clemson, and Illinois all coming off losses. The big boys and a drop in the playoff rankings. All three will be home, though, against unranked teams. Having said that, Steve, listen, you know, this is why you play the game. Let's talk about Clemson. They've got Louisville. The Tigers bounce back, if what?
2: Well, I think that they got to rely on the defensive line, Wendy. They got NFL talent all over that defensive line. And seeing last week what they looked like when Notre Dame ran for 263 yards, you have to expect Dabo to give his team a speech and say, hey, we got to figure out the quarterback thing. It might happen during the game. But one thing we need to be able to count on is our talent on defense to shut the door on Louisville's offense. So I expect a spirited effort from Clemson's defense against that Louisville offense, especially at home. Get the crowd involved. The offense wasn't pretty. It's going to continue to work things out, but you got to rely on that defense.
1: Well, it's interesting because that quarterback question for Clemson really started and has just sort of quietly continued throughout the season I don't think they have the total answer just yet all right let's talk Tennessee and Missouri Uh, Tennessee did not have the showing against Georgia that I think a lot of Vols fans had hoped for certainly not the outcome Sam Uh, the volunteers bounce back if they do what
3: don't look past Missouri and the reason I say that is sometimes you lose in a way that you lost last week and you feel like man you're dejected what we did didn't work well what No one does against Georgia works. Georgia's a dominant football team, but Missouri, don't look past them. All of their losses besides one have been by one score or less. Their coach just got extended. They are a good football team, but show everyone who you really are, that that Georgia game either was an anomaly or will get better if we get a chance to play them again.
1: Tennessee hoping to score a lot on Saturday, guys. They're 45 points per game, still second in the FBS, Steve. Hmm. Uh, you expect Tennessee to score early and often?
2: Yeah, they, they got to stay relevant in that scoring points against games that are not going to be as big as other teams are going to play.
1: Yeah, we've seen that the eye test matters. College Football Live back tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. Uh, week 11 on deck, everybody. Have a great night.